Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Jessica Donald. Hello, Texas, and thank you for joining us this Thanksgiving week for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Jessica Domel, sitting in for Carrie Martin. We're part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. We're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle all the way down to that Rio Grande Valley. The Secretary of Agriculture speaks with farm broadcasters as he highlights 2021 accomplishments and looks ahead to what's next for agriculture. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more from Secretary Tom Vilsack on Texas Ag Today. We've had some long dry spells in the Texas High Plains this year, but luckily, as the results from the fields demonstrate, when we did get rain, it was at just the right time. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. On today's program, we'll take a look at how the corn crop turned out in West Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has granted about $7 million to Texas researchers to study citrus greening. According to USDA's National Institute of Food and Agriculture, the $7 million allocated to the Texas A&M AgriLife Research Service is part of an approximately $11 million package to study huanglongbing, or citrus greening, and potential ways to combat the disease. With the funding, the research service will leverage public-private partnerships between state agencies, universities, USDA's Agricultural Research Service, and the citrus industry to pursue advanced testing and commercialization of promising HLB therapies and extend outcomes to the stakeholders. The University of California, Riverside, and the University of Florida also received funding to study HLB. HLB is the most severe threat to global citrus production. Since it was first found in the United States in 2005, it has cut citrus acreage by 60% in Florida and citrus production in Florida by 80%. Citrus greening poses no threat to people or animals. Once a tree is infected, the tree produces fruits that are green, misshapen, and bitter. And a few years after infection, most citrus trees die. There is currently no cure for citrus greening. After taking a year off due to the coronavirus pandemic, the Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show returns to the Amarillo Civic Center November 30th through December 2nd. The event is an opportunity for farmers and ranchers from Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Kansas to network, learn, and meet with exhibitors showcasing agricultural products, services, and technologies. This year, more than 400 exhibitors are expected, representing companies that sell insurance, large harvesting and planting equipment, livestock equipment, tools, seeds, and banking services. On Tuesday, attendees have an opportunity to earn up to five continuing education units at the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension CEU workshop. 
Cotton U, a networking and educational event for cotton growers and industry leaders, will be held Tuesday. The Texas Wheat Symposium will follow that Wednesday. The Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show will be held from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. November 30th and December 1st, and from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. December 2nd at the Amarillo Civic Center. A schedule and additional information about the Farm and Ranch Show is available at ideagroup.com backslash Amarillo. That is ideagroup.com backslash Amarillo. It has certainly been an interesting year weather-wise for most of Texas. James Hunt gives us a look at how this year's weather impacted crops on the Texas High Plains. Looking at our moisture situation this year, we exited winter and entered spring with an intensifying drought scenario around the region, and we're experiencing a repeat here in the fall. But in between, it was a different story, and Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says ultimately the healthy rains we got during the heart of the growing season were enough to make a big difference. Very rarely do we get rain at the right time in ag, and so that was just a great benefit for producers all across the panhandle, but really those producers in the southwestern panhandle where we have extremely low well capacities now, and of course no soil moisture due to the drought from the last year, and so that really gave producers an edge moving into the summer, and we really saw good yields down there. And as to production for the region overall, I think that when we look at our corn yields and our sorghum yields, we are above what we have seen the past couple of years for sure. And of course, it was because producers had that very timely rainfall. What I'm seeing right now with cotton is that we're sitting about average. Um, I do know of producers who've had some phenomenal yields. I've heard reports of fields that have been over five bales. But as a whole, we're looking at about three and a half bales for our irrigated crops and probably a, a bale and a half for our dry land. So right now we are sitting about average for that crop. Now, what about our winter wheat? That's tomorrow's topic with Dr. Jordan Bell. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are many things that we can be thankful for this year. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack recently shared what he was thankful for. Tom Nicoletti joins us with more. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack spoke with farm broadcasters about the latest news coming out of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. His comments came during the recent National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention in Kansas City. I'm certainly thankful for commodity prices uh, being better today across the board than where they were a year ago. I'm thankful for the fact that agricultural exports also improved from last year and, and in fact set a record for this fiscal year and are on pace potentially to set yet another record next year. I'm certainly thankful for the extraordinary work of a lot of good people to get out pandemic relief to our farmers, ranchers, and producers Over $6 billion has already been uh, distributed uh, with more to come before the end of this year. Uh, Those same hardworking folks at FSA offices uh, across the country have also been responsible for, and I'll get this, being responsible for uh, also providing over $14 billion in loans to farmers, ranchers, and producers. I'm excited about what's next uh, and what's up, uh, what we can do uh, over the course of the next uh, several months at USDA. We're looking forward 
to taking advantage of the relief that Congress recently passed with the continuing resolution establishing a $10 billion fund for assistance for those who have been uh, stricken by drought and from floods and fires and a variety of natural disasters. I spoke with Senator Hoban and Senator Baldwin. They were encouraging me and I was reassuring them that it was our goal uh, to make sure that these resources were provided as quickly as possible. Hopefully we're able to get the the framework of this program out before the end of the year or the first part of next year and and hopefully maybe be able to make payments uh, sometime in February. Uh, That's what we're shooting for. That is U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Tom Nicoletti joins us again with some news from West Texas. Eddie Griffiths is standing by with a report on the corn harvest for that region. And Eddie, yourself, you just completed your harvest of the corn uh, in which it's uh, irrigated uh, at 100%. What uh, did the yields look like and uh, what do you think the quality will be? The yields, Tom, have been good this year across the board, regardless of what crop you're talking about. We were blessed with the moisture this summer and, and that really bold well for the corn crop in West Texas. If you had for good fertility management out there and were able to get that crop out in a, a timely manner. And fortunately, you know, prices are, are good right now. So it's a seller's market. We're looking forward to getting rid of that corn and, and reaping the benefits from it. Whether it be yourself or other corn uh, producers, what uh, do you think is the, uh, the average uh, on the corn uh, per bushel per acre? I would say we're probably looking at anywhere from 160 to maybe bumping that 200 bushel mark. I don't know that you see just a whole ton of 200 bushel corn in my particular area of, of West Texas. Now you go to other parts where they still have ample irrigation. Yeah, you probably see, and, and maybe even on drip irrigation, you see them pushing 200 bushel plus corn out there. But it's all just a matter of when you get it planted and, and timely rains on that crop wherever we we try to produce a corn crop in West Texas. So producers are uh, are pleased with the outcome from uh, that standpoint. Definitely, uh, hot, dry years, and you're trying to grow corn, and, and it's very risky with the aspects of irrigation, trying to keep up with that crop. But as far as rotation for other crops, whether it be wheat or cotton, it's definitely beneficial. And certainly on the prices, uh, you folks are uh, in good shape this year. Yeah, that'll cover a lot of the input costs. That's, you know, really what you're looking at whenever you're trying to grow a corn crop is what your inputs are and and then what your returns are going to be. And this year, those are going to work out as far as the bottom line is concerned. Yes, with the input cost very high this year, the return on the investment is going to work out for you. Yeah, it's still, you know, in in some cases, you know, margin is probably still pretty tight. But when you're looking at... Three seventy-five, four dollar corn, and sometimes it's really hard to make that work. Summarize for us the winter wheat crop at this point and how it's progressing. The winter wheat, in most cases here in West Texas, I know we talked a couple of weeks ago, Tom, about the uh, lack of moisture and that carrying over into the uh, wheat crop right now. As far as harvest is concerned, it's been ideal conditions. Trying to, you know, get the cotton, corn, grain sorghum crop out, but for a lot of the planted acres of wheat out there, especially dry land, it's pretty skippy and spotty where they have that wheat planted. Irrigated producers have pivots running, trying to subsidize that wheat crop, but at some point you need uh, Mother Nature to come in and help you subsidize that irrigation. And rain is always better than, than what we can put out there as far as irrigation. 
Eddie, thanks for your report. Thank you, Tom. That is Eddie Griffiths reporting for us today from West Texas. If you plan on hunting antlerless deer this year, don't forget to report it. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have additional details on that coming up. Choosing the correct food for your pet may seem like a daunting task with aisles and aisles of brands and varieties to choose from. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd joins us with a little information about choosing the right food. Don't go anywhere. We'll have that story coming up next on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Choosing the right pet food can be a difficult task with so many choices out there. Well, Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd joins us with some advice. There are hundreds of pet foods available on the market and choosing between them is not easy. However, there is a stepwise approach to selecting a high quality food And just because the food is expensive does not indicate it is high quality. The World Small Animal Veterinary Association indicates that the manufacturer of high-quality foods should have a full-time Ph.D. or veterinary nutritionist on their staff. So call the company for this information. Also ask about testing for bioavailability and digestibility because the companies that can provide this information are more likely to do a better job testing their foods than companies that do not have this testing. Next, ask the manufacturer about quality control procedures that include certification of their procedures by the Global Food Safety Initiative and testing for nutrient content, pathogens, and toxins. You should also ask the manufacturers about feeding trials that have been performed as lots of companies only use computer analysis of their foods and not actual testing by feeding animals. Lastly, every food should have an AFCO statement that the food is complete and balanced and the life stays for which it is balanced, such as puppies or adult dogs. If you read closely, some foods indicate they are only approved for supplemental or intermittent feeding and not balanced for complete nutrition. Again, food trials are the most accurate method of determining balance, and companies that perform food trials likely provide better foods. If you are unable to determine if the company that manufactures your pet's food performs feeding trials, a call to the company is in order. Thanks for listening to today's Texas Vet News. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is reminding hunters to report any antlerless deer that they harvest through the My Texas Hunt Harvest app or website. This year's antlerless deer season is November 25th through the 28th. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, hunters are required to report any antlerless deer that they harvest during the four-day doe season, along with any antlerless deer harvested during the archery, youth-only, and muzzleloader seasons. Hunters in 21 counties are required to report their harvest within 24 hours using the My Texas Hunt Harvest app or on the My Texas Hunt Harvest website. Those 21 counties are Austin, Bastrop, Caldwell, Colorado, Comal, east of 35, 
DeWitt, Fayette, Goliad, north of 59, Gonzales, Guadalupe, Hayes, east of 35, Jackson, north of 59, Carnes, Lavaca, Lee, Travis, that's areas east of I-35, Victoria, north of 59, Waller, Washington, Wharton, north of 59, and Wilson. Be sure to consult this year's Outdoor Annual, the printed version, outdoorannual.com, or the Outdoor Annual app for all of this year's regulations. General whitetail deer hunting season for the North Zone is open now and continues through January 2nd. General whitetail deer hunting season for the South Zone is open through January 16th. The muzzleloader season opens on January 3rd. Again, the antlerless deer days are November 25th through the 28th. Live cattle rallied on Monday and Tuesday. How did things shake out on Wednesday? We'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and the financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. After rallying both Monday and Tuesday, the cattle complex rallied again on Wednesday ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. December live cattle up $2.50 to $137.90. February live cattle up $1.45 to $140.87. January feeder cattle up $2.55 to $166.92. March feeder cattle up $2.22 to $167.90. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. Neighbor, it's time for a cold glass of iced tea and a visit to Riley Roads, Live Oak Livestock, Three Rivers. Riley, how did that sale go Monday? Pretty good, Larry. Um, ended up with 1,257 head today. We did have a few bred cows from 625 to 1050. They put a little money on the rail on the Packer cows uh, this week, 58 to 66 on your high-yielding cows, 54 to 62 on your breakers, and 22 to 50 on your canners. Same story on the bulls, uh, high-yielding bulls, 84 to 90, low to medium-yielding bulls, 68 to 84. Uh, two to three-weight choice steers, 158 to 184, heifer mates, 130 to 152. Three to four-weight choice steers, 150 to 174, heifer mates, 126 to 142. 
two, four to five weight choice steers, 138 to 164. Heifer mates, 118 to 136. Five to six weight choice steers, 128 to 156. Their heifer mates, 116 to 132. Six to seven weight choice steers, 128 to 144. Heifer mates, 114 to 128. And the seven to eight weight cattle, your choice steers, 120 to 136. Heifer mates, 112 to 124. Uh, had a good Had a good sale. Good. Now, uh, we'll sell again next Monday, won't we? Yes, sir. Just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving uh, this coming Thursday. We hope everybody gets to spend some time with their family. and uh, They're calling for some rain for us, uh, so we'll, we'll take that and be very thankful for it if it comes. Uh, but we will be open uh, next Monday as well. I uh, suspect we'll have a shorter run, especially if it rains, but uh, we will be open this coming Monday as well. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, please. 361-786-2553 is the office. 361-813-6650 is the cell. And always go to our webpage, liveoakglass.com. Thank you, Riley, and thank you, neighbor, for coming down the lane to have a glass of iced tea with us and listen to the Livestock Market Operator Reports on Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day to you. Block and barrel cheese traded unchanged Wednesday, and that kept Class 3 milk futures steady to 16 cents lower. November Class 3 milk down a penny to 17.93 a hundredweight. March cotton up 12 points to $1.15. May cotton up one point to $1.14. Corn traded higher for a bit on Wednesday morning, but faded around midday. A December corn down three quarters to 5.79 and three quarters. March corn down two and three quarters to 5.85 and a half. September corn down one and three quarters to 5.66 and three quarters. After reaching fresh highs on Tuesday, hard red wheat closed lower on Wednesday. December hard red wheat down five and a half to eight seventy-three and a quarter. March hard red wheat down seven to eight seventy-seven. July hard red wheat down six and three quarters to eight fifty-seven and a quarter. December natural gas up ten cents Wednesday to five oh six. January natural gas up seven cents to five eleven. January crude oil down 16 cents to 78.34. February crude oil down 21 cents to 77.73. The Dow down 18 points Wednesday to 35,795. S&P 500 up 9 points to 4,699. The Nasdaq up 55 points to 15,830. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.